Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. All right, everybody, welcome to the first episode of The Thinking Project. I am your host, Dalton Jensen, and this is the first of many podcasts that you'll get to be a part of. And a little bit uh, to get the first episode kicked off, the main point of the podcast, I had a lot of visions going into this, but the first thing I wanted to bring in as far as value goes is we got to start expanding people's minds. We got to start getting people in this place to grow, people in our community to open their minds, people in our community to really see that anybody can do anything. And I really believe that. I don't think we're all going to be the next Jeff Bezos or the next Elon Musk, but I certainly believe that we can. But I don't think that's the point, right? I think the point is that we get get to our full potential whatever that full potential is, right? To expand people's minds. I had a few mentors growing up who really changed the way that I thought, really forced me to open my mind. And those exercises and those experiences that I had really uh, changed my life. I had a few life lessons that shaped me. And as we go through some of these interviews, I hope that you guys uh, get to learn from those, learn from my mistakes. If I had any successes, I hope you learn from those. And, And if there's anything that I did that inspires you, that's all I'm looking for. Many of us go through life and we never really get a grasp of what it's like to, you know, of of what's really going on, right? So that's the point of this. And as we go throughout these episodes, I'm going to be interviewing a few people, mostly small business owners from the community. And I'm hoping that we can gain a lot of traction from it and that people can see that that you can do this, that people right next door are doing these things right? And it's a lot of work. And I never really knew what what that meant until I started a couple of my own businesses, how hard it was and how much time it took and all these things, right? So I think that's the first uh, important thing. We like to see the severely, drastically edited pictures on Instagram with a weird quote on it. So, you know, some cliche quote. We like those for some reason. But here's the thing. We got to end up, we end up having to go out and live our lives. And anybody can go listen to the Joe Rogan podcast and hear all these famous people on there. But when was the last time, you know, we got to talk to real people? So that's the point of this. Um, And if I can leave you in this first episode with a few uh, takeaways, that's my goal is to leave you with a few takeaways to give you the the most value right up front. So one of the things that I love in life and one of the uh, things that really changed the way that I lived my life was the ability to ask questions and the right questions. And I think that's the most important thing that as we go through life, we ask the right questions because a humble inquiry can be a really powerful, powerful growth mechanism. But there's a right way and a wrong way to ask questions, right? There's a good time to ask questions and a bad time to ask questions. And I think that that's what we're going to really get into in our lives, right? So what's a powerful question and how can we know the difference, right? So a lot of us like to ask why. And why is a powerful question. That's such a powerful question. It can be the catalyst for great things. It can be the catalyst for really bad things. Um, there's a old philosophy that seems to have uh, taken a lot of traction in the recent years, um, but it's an old philosophy that I grew up with. Um, and that philosophy is stoicism, right? But it's, uh, and you know, when you think of stoicism, you hear stoicism. You think of these old, uh, very stale 
men, right? <laughs> Almost no uh, attitudes, no emotion, no nothing. They're just these chalkboards, these these blank slates uh, that, you know, when something good happens, you don't hear them cheering. When something bad happens, you don't hear them crying, right? But that's not really what stoicism is. Um, in fact, there was a great book. I mean, that's what, by the way, that's one of the things I might be talking about on these podcasts. And uh, one question that I will certainly ask all the uh, small business owners that we talk to, and that's the books you've read. And I'm probably going to go over a few books uh, in this first episode you're going to want to read. You're going to want to pick up. One of the books uh, by one of my favorite authors is Mark Manson. He wrote Everything is Effed. I can't say the I can't say the swear word on this podcast. <laughs> but uh, he wrote a book called Everything is Effed, a book about hope. And one of the things that he writes in the book is they did a study. And so this uh, this man gets hurt, uh, and he before this accident, he's very he's a, he's a normal guy. He's very emotional, so he gets really high on the highs and really low on the lows. And he gets in this accident, and the part of his brain that controls emotions uh, goes away. And so he like he he goes from being this big business owner, you know, never missing a meeting. He's he's six figure income guy. Right. Uh, to after his uh, accident, he starts missing meetings. His he stops paying attention to his family, you know, because the emotion's not there. There's there's nothing left. Right. And it's a real problem. And so he has to go through these therapies and figure out how to get that back. And the the main point of the story, though, is that you can't you, you can't have zero emotion. So emotion, like with anything else in life, is a balance. You've got to find the happy medium, right? So you can't have no emotion, otherwise you'll miss things and you will and you'll stop caring and nothing matters anymore. But you can't have too much emotion, right? There's also a story. Um, so, you know, around 5:30 in the evening in the winter of 1914, Thomas Edison lives in New Jersey, and it, there's this massive explosion, and one of his buildings starts going up in flames right? His plant just on fire out of nowhere, like six, eight fire departments rush to the scene, but it's chemical fueled and it's just way too powerful, powerful to put out. Right. And so we read about the story a little bit later from Thomas Edison's son. Uh, and according to Thomas Edison's son, Edison calmly walked over to him as he watched the fire, destroy his dad's work. And in this childlike voice, Edison tells his 24 year old son, go get, a, go get your mother and all of her friends. They'll never see a fire like this in their life again. And so then Charles objects, right? The son, Thomas Edison's son objects. It's all right. You know, we've, and Edison, he's like, what the heck is going on, dad? And, and Thomas Edison says, it's all right. We've got rid of a lot of the rubbish. And that story's always really stuck with me because that's kind of like life, right? You, in, in one of the tenets of Stoicism is amor fati. And what that means, it's a Latin phrase, and it means to love, you know, not merely to bear what is necessary, less conceal it, but to love it. And you love the present. And so that's that's the main thing, right? That's really been a lesson that stuck with me. My, I had my grandpa. Um, he used to go to our church all the time, and he would he would go to all the youth, and he would say, you are where you're supposed to be, right? And, we, and this is just crazy old grandpa, right? He's just telling all the kids it's better to be at church than be doing something else. But as I grew up in life, I realized that that statement was so much more than what he had talked about. That you're that in life you are where you're supposed to be. Uh, one of the famous Stoics, Marcus Aurelius, would say something to that effect: "You are where you're supposed to be," and that all we get is the present. Right? In fact, Marcus Aurelius said. Something to the effect of, it doesn't matter if you live one year or a thousand years, they're all the same. 
because the present moment lasts the same for everybody and all and is all anyone truly possesses. No one can lose the past or the future because it's not ours. And that's the point, right? We get the present and we can either wallow in it or we can take it as it is, take it as it comes and be like Thomas Edison, right? And I think that is the main point of what we're getting at and what I want everybody to get out in this podcast and from these guests that we interview later on in these episodes. You know, because successful people in business and in life, it doesn't matter which one you're in. I think success in one translates to success in the other, right? It's just like money. If you don't know how to handle your money when you have zero money, you know, you don't know how to handle your money when you have a million or a thousand, right? So we that's that's we have to learn this and we have to get used to this, right? In fact, I fell in love with this book. Uh, that really outlines these the stoic philosophy from a normal person's perspective and it's a book called everything happens for a reason and other lives i love by kate bowler highly recommend that book Uh, maybe not the first one if you don't like the f word but definitely everything happens for a reason and other lives i've loved that book will open up your mind, right? It's so Kate Bowler. It's basically her journal as you go th- as she goes throughout her life. Uh, she has a, a husband and a son. She is a at first she's a student and then she's a you know she graduates and turns into a professor of religion and she she teaches theology and she talks about this uh, culture called the um, it's called gosh I can't think of it right now but. Uh, she talks. She talks about the religious culture, right? And um, how we we have been sucked into this lie, essentially, that everything happens for a reason. It's called the prosperity gospel, and that this everything happens for a reason. And and I, if I'm not happy, something's wrong. And you know, if something bad happened, then there must be a reason. There must be something, whether it's you know punishment for sin, or there's a, some mystical lesson that I need to learn, and it's absolutely nuts. And I see it in every culture, religious and not religious, right? If something bad happens, the first thing people say is why. And this goes back to the whole point I made earlier about why can be a powerful catalyst and it can be a detrimental catalyst. So when we're going through something really good, you know, we don't ask why. We just go with it. We live in the moment when things are going good. But when something goes really bad, we ask why. And that's okay sometimes. All right, I get it. Some people, you know, my wife tells me all the time that that's a coping mechanism. I don't, I'm, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. But here's the thing. Why can get you in trouble, especially when things go wrong. When you ask why, it can just lead you down this rabbit hole. Endless answers. You know, why did this happen? Why did that? Well, let me find that. Let me figure that. Maybe God wanted this. Maybe God wanted this. Or whoever, right? You don't have to believe in God because I know a lot of people who don't, uh, who aren't religious, don't believe in God and still ask that question. What lesson do I need to learn? Why am I doing this? Oh, I shouldn't have done that, right? And it's nuts. You don't need to ask yourself that question because here's the thing. It's the present, right? It's just what's happening right now. And we can either, you know, we can either grow from it or we can dwell on it. And I'm always reminded of the that scene in The Lion King when Rafiki takes Simba out to the pasture and he hits him in the head with a, with his rod, right? And he goes, ow, that hurts. And he says, yes, the past can hurt, but you can either learn from it or grow from it. Or, you know, you can learn and grow from it or you can dwell on it. And that's what a lot of us just have to do. We just have to, you know, not not lose all emotion, 
but not get so crazy. We just got to stay the course. We know we we know we're on a path, right? And that's the thing in life when you're when you know you're on the right path, and you know you're you're doing the right thing. Whether that is the business you just started, the school you just enrolled to, the classes you're trying to take, the new job you got, the new job you have, maybe it's a new project. When you have these things, right? When you know you're doing the right thing and you're convinced of that, these these big trials and triumphs um, should not phase you, right? It shouldn't happen, right? Marcus Aurelius, I'm going to quote Marcus Aurelius a lot, especially if we're going to go through, you know, guests with podcasts and stuff, right? He said, but death and life, success and failure, pain and pleasure, wealth and poverty, all these things happen to good and bad alike, and they are neither noble or shameful, and hence neither good nor bad, right? So what he's saying is, is, poverty and sickness and it they happen to everybody right we can't control what happens to our body uh, just because you go to the doctor one day and get a clean bill of health doesn't mean you don't get sick the next day right it's not how it works there's no guarantees with doctor visits uh, just like there's no guarantee of wealth or guarantee of poverty right uh, Winston Churchill said one of my favorite quotes of all time and that is success isn't forever and failure isn't fatal right and these are just you know, things to live by, things that I remind myself of all the time when I'm, you know, when you're on a roll and you feel like you're invincible, you need to remember that you could fall at any time. Stoicism. Just stay the course, right? Just keep going. I had one, I was talking about my mentors earlier and I had a football coach who was really, uh, I, I, and I look back now and I think he's stoic, right? But I, I'm not sure what he was, but he would tell the wide receivers we got in trouble for showboating. You know, back then it was a penalty and, I, and it might still be, I haven't watched a high school football in a long time, but it might still be a penalty. But if you celebrated in the end zone, it was on sportsmanlike conduct. And we had this these couple wide receivers who just kept doing it. And uh, one day in practice, they scored a touchdown and kind of were, you know, they were they were showing off in practice. We were like, what the heck are you doing? We know you can score a touchdown. But our, our coach yelled. He stopped practice and he said, guys, listen, when you score a touchdown, act like you've been there before. And that was a real big lesson for me, even at such a young age. Act like you've been there before. So when you have these big successes, act like you've been there before, even if you've never been there before. I'm not saying don't go celebrate. I'm not saying that you act like nothing happened, right? It's okay It's okay to modestly celebrate, right? But if you celebrate too much, we all know it can get you in trouble, just like it is with football. Act like you've been there before. Those are the best athletes or performers who act like they've been there before, right? And when something tragic happens, act like you've been there before. I think that's one of my slogans, act like you've been there before, because it just makes a difference. When when you don't get ride these highs and we don't ride these lows and you just see things for what they really are and you stay grounded. You know, one of the other things that's really popular now is mindfulness and meditation. Again, something that we've been doing for a long time, mindfulness. And that's that's what, if you've been confused about act like you've been there before, don't ride the highs and ride the lows, um, the answer is mindfulness. When you're grounded, you don't get those big highs and those big lows. When you're grounded, you get to see things for what they really are. And you get to open your mind, right? Just like with this whole coronavirus thing. Everybody, you know, when it first came out, the media got everybody up in a frenzy. They were, I mean, the media's job is to just sell. And they and be first and sell it. Sell it, be first. That's how news outlets make their money, is the first to report a story, even if you don't have all the information. Even if they don't know the truth, sell it. 
We'll figure it out later. And for news outlets with such a responsibility to people's safety, right, especially in cases like these, that's not good. If you're in business, yes, you need to commit and things work out, right? It's just like a, in business, it's like a math problem. The, as you work on it, you'll figure it out, right? But not with these, right? You can't go to a doctor or these news outlets and tell them to tell you the truth, but to figure out the truth as they're talking. It doesn't work like that, right? Not like that. And these guys just got everybody up in a frenzy. And when people were freaking out, buying all the toilet paper, buying, clearing out shelves, now we're, now we're what, a month later? And they're talking about opening up the economy again. And I bet these people who have garage full of toilet paper are kicking themselves in the butt right now. Because it doesn't work like that. You can't do that. You know, I told my wife that we were just going to do the basics. We're going to pretend like nothing was different. We're going to go shopping on Monday like we were supposed to go. We'll get whatever we can and then we'll keep going. But these people who bought, you know, copious amounts of supplies that they didn't even need. And now four weeks later, all that stuff's going to go to waste. Maybe not the toilet paper, but the food. If they didn't buy it right, and let me tell you something, if you didn't buy it right, that food's going to waste. And one of my favorite things, and I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. It's just a part of life, and that's okay, right? That's that's one of the tenets of, of stoicism again, right? Memento mori, remember you are mortal. Remember you will die. We all have an expiration date. <laughs> everybody. I don't care who it is. And again, the shortest life lived, maybe a year, or the longest life. Somebody lives to be a thousand. We all get the same time, and that's the present. We all get the same now. We all have the same time. And so that's the value, right, of being here, right? So in short, before we get to the guests, um, I want to let you guys know that my goal is to bring you the most sense and to bring you the most success into your life. And I want to bring it with everyday people. I want to bring it with people that you know, people that are next door neighbors, somebody that you can actually go to the store and buy from and know that you're making a difference, right? In fact, small businesses, let's talk about small businesses for a minute because we're going to talk about, we're going to have a lot of the small business owners on um, as we go throughout this these episodes. And small businesses make up 99% of the United States economy. 99%. And 99% of the businesses in America employ over 50% of the U.S. population. That's why we're seeing a crisis right now. You can't shut down small businesses and think everything's and think Amazon and Walmart are going to save the day. They employ less than 40% of the U.S. workforce. You can't do that, right? You can't do that. And s- small businesses need us. That's the bedrock of our economy. If you take away the small businesses in America, you take away the small business owners, if you take away those people who put everything out there as far as capital, as far as time and sacrifice, if you take away those people, you lose 99% of the businesses in America and over 50% of the jobs in America. It's nuts. And people don't realize that. Welcome to the Thinking Project, everybody. That's what we're going to be going over. We need to support our neighbors who own businesses. I'm not saying don't go buy from Walmart and Amazon. I'm saying if you can, support them. I'm saying that if if there's a will, there's a way. And do it and support them. And and it doesn't cost any money to share a post or like something or listen to a podcast or visit their store 
right? And I've been guilty of that in the past and I get, I try to get better every day. But that's the thing we got to pay attention to. When we go through this, we, we are the economy. I want everybody to understand that. The people who run small businesses, the people who are employed by small businesses, we are the economy. If you lose small businesses, you lose the economy. And who doesn't love a good mom and pop ice cream shop? Who doesn't love the hole in the wall restaurant that serves the best food you've ever had that you can't get at one of the big guys? Everybody. When you go to a new place, you ask for the hole in the wall. You ask, I, we're in Chicago. I stopped the Uber driver and I said, you take me to the, the hole in the wall, mom and pop, small business owner restaurant. You tell me the best one because those are the best ones. You don't visit Chicago. You don't go visit New York City. You don't go visit Seattle and go to McDonald's, right? You don't do that. You go find the hole in the wall spot, right? We love this. We love that. So do it while you're here. Do it in, do it in town. And I'm going to introduce you to some really cool people. I've got some really cool people lined up to get this done. All right, guys. So thanks for tuning in to this first episode of The Thinking Project. I'm going to sign off and I'm going to leave you guys with one last message. I hope you grow. I hope you have empathy. I hope you love one another. And I hope you go out and find a small business owner and, and do something for them. And that's it. I'll see you next time. <laughs>